I was I was going to give them an option to stay in here, but they have already left the building. So if you're if you're going to children's church, that train is leaving. It looks like we are so glad that you are with us this morning at Chanel. Uh, I want to take a quick moment and again thank the parents for today. Uh, it's always a joy to watch these slideshows, to hear your thoughts and your stories, and uh, I especially want to say thank you uh, on behalf of this church for allowing us to be a part of your student's life. As a church family, we, we don't take that lightly, and thank you for sharing your students with us. Uh, it's been a joy uh, as a minister here to work with them. Uh, Alexis and Brian have always entertained me in different ways, um, obviously with Brian, but different ways, but uh, They've been wonderful students, and we're so thankful to know both of them and to have them as a part of Chenal Valley Church. So, anytime you do a sermon on a special Sunday like today, uh, you have to find a way to tie in a message that reflects the event. So, we're focusing on Brian and Alexis graduating high school, but also one that connects with a larger audience, because other than those two, I don't think any of us are also graduating from high school. So how, how do you do that? And as I thought about this, I landed on the concept of joy and laughter. In, in both of their lives, they've brought joy and laughter from who they are and how they've lived. And it's not a secret that we are a fun church. If you, if you didn't know that, hopefully, welcome to the party. But it's not a secret that we are a fun church. If you were to ask someone some of their first memories of Chanel, like first memories walking into the building, likely you would say announcements. Uh, Because from the pulpit, that's how many of you were introduced as members. Whether you were ready to do that or not, uh, if JJ recognized you, it was just going to happen. And our announcements are meant to be fun. And sometimes informative, but mostly fun. And I mention that because joy and laughter are important elements in one's life. And to introduce that and to kind of ease us into a sermon about joy and laughter, I have a few church-appropriate jokes that I'm going to do. Okay, I feel like we're all ready for the funny, so here we go. First one is, if Jesus drove a car, what type of car would he drive? A Chrysler. There we go. I didn't say they were good. I said they were appropriate. Next one. What time of day did God create Adam? Anybody? A little before Eve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So if jokes aren't your thing, I've got a few puns for you. Uh, Yesterday, I I opened my water and electric bill at the same time, and I was shocked. Thank you. So one more, because I feel like some of you are like, enough with the humor. Um, one more. Did you guys know that f- the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. There we go. Thank you, Roger. So thank you for humoring me with those. But I tell you those jokes because, one, they're funny in the Kittinger household. But, two, they show you that laughter is a good thing. Joy is a great thing, and it's infectious. Think about it. When one person next to you laughs, it often leads to you laughing and joining in on the fun as well. But the question is this morning, why would anyone need this? Why would we even view laughter and joy as a part of our spiritual experience as followers of Christ? See, Proverbs 17, 22 states, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. 
I am not a medical person. I don't have medical experience. But I can tell you that the research has been done that shows that laughter is good not just for our soul, but also for our overall health. The studies are there. If you want to Google them or talk to a medical professional here, I can help you with the Bible stuff, not the doctor stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you that, that we've seen the studies that show that laughter and joy are good for us. And that brings up a really important question when we do a sermon on joy and laughter is, who makes you laugh? Just a moment, I want you to think about that person in your life that when you are around them, you're always laughing. Maybe it's their personality, maybe it's their, uh, their smile, maybe it's just the way that they observe life. Who is that person that can crack a joke or bring you a smile? When I initially wrote this question and started working on this sermon, I thought of a dear friend named Mac Wells. Mac is, is from Mattisville, Kentucky, and he is easily one of the funniest individuals that I've ever encountered in my life. From pranks on city officials, he didn't get in trouble, but they were funny, but from pranks to just obsessing over trash collection day, Mac can make a room erupt in laughter. I'm sure that you guys know people like that as well. But on a, a deeper, more personal level, a person that I thought about was my grandmother, Miss Janine Oglesby. And I've shared a few stories about her recently, but my grandmother grew up in the 1930s in Morton's Gap, Kentucky. And that sounds poor. I'm just telling you, it was. My grandmother grew up in a rough part of, of the state. She didn't have a lot of things. But from her lack of resources, she discovered a wealth in storytelling. If you knew my grandmother and you sat down with her enough, she would just tell you story after story after story. From growing up to being married to my grandfather, all kinds of stories. But the best stories that my grandmother told were when she would get tickled before she even got to the end of the story. You know people like that? Where they know the funny part's coming and they can't contain it. And that was my favorite thing about hearing stories from my grandmother. Because she knew that laughter was a necessary part of life. Because it helped balance the struggles and challenges that we, we all face along the way, very similar to the wisdom that we see in Proverbs 17, that a joyful heart is good medicine. So without joy and laughter, life becomes bland. And life was never intended to be lived that way. If we believe that God has created us, we have to recognize that God created us with the ability to laugh and be filled with joy. Now, this sermon is not going to be just about people that I know that I think are funny, because I do want to be able to tie this into Scripture. See, God has given us permission to laugh and to have joy in our life, and it was also clearly a part of how Jesus existed. And for a moment, humor me again with another example, because I've got a few images of Jesus that you've probably seen throughout your life. This first one here was in a youth room that I used to go get coffee with, uh, with guys in Kentucky. We'd sit around and we would talk about ministry things. And then this huge picture of Jesus just like this. And it was in front of, it was, a, it was a Methodist congregation, it was in front of their altar where kids would come forward during their services to this picture and image of Jesus. And I would stare at this picture often when we would have coffee and I would think about the kids that would come forward to Jesus, or to come forward during these services and they would see this image of Jesus. Because in this image, I see a stoic individual. Someone that is serious, potentially intimidating to some. Let's go to the next one. This one is even more kind of intimidating to me. There's no, there's no smile. The eyes are serious as well. Stoic is another way to explain it. 
And I believe 100% that there were times when Jesus was serious, without a doubt. But Jesus also hung around 12 guys most of the time. I'm going to say that again to let it set in. I 100% believe that Jesus was serious. But Jesus was also hanging out with 12 young men almost all of the time. You cannot convince me that when they were just hanging out together, that they didn't crack jokes, they didn't make fun of each other, that they didn't laugh when they were around each other. We often think that the disciples were these mature, older, well-professioned men. They weren't. They were young guys who were brave enough to take a chance on Jesus, leave everything behind, and follow Jesus. Talking late teenagers probably. Young men who were likely a little bit immature. And so imagine Jesus around these guys being serious all the time looking like this. I don't think that's the case. I think that Jesus had a sense of humor. I will die on this hill that Jesus laughed. He had fun. I think there's evidence in Scripture, too, in the way that Jesus used certain examples to elicit humor and laughter. So for example, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 24, Jesus says this, Again, I tell you, it is easy, easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. We hear that, and we often think of that last image of Jesus saying it. Stoic, serious, possibly intimidating. But if we look at this, this is intended to be funny. Because, unless you're unaware, camels don't go through the eyes of needles. This is intended to be humorous. A joke, an illustration to make this point, Jesus would have got a chuckle out of this. What I call a Jamie Banks chuckle. That's how I know I'm doing good. When I get one from Jamie, I'm like, all right, I can do this. But my point is that he would have gotten a crowd response from the illustration of saying a camel going through the eye of a needle. It would have been preposterous to think of this. This is something that is funny. As a child, one of my favorite illustrations was from Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus talks about the plank in one's own eye. I love this because it taught me to basically tell people to leave me alone. Uh, Once you start using the language of check out the plank in your own eye, people are going to back off a little bit. You can save that, put that in your pocket. But in this story, what happens is in this image, Jesus says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? Do you not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, When there is the log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I loved this passage as a kid for malicious reasons. Taught me how to talk to people, and not in a great way. But when I really, really understood this passage is when I was in Honduras years ago. We were doing a VBS where we were teaching parables and lessons from Jesus, and we used this one. And I'll never forget when the translator told the kids this, the kids erupted in laughter. And it was the first time that I remember reading that story, hearing kids react likely how it was intended to be reacted to. This is a silly example. We do not walk around life with literal logs in our eyes. That would be dangerous and scary. This is intended to be funny. 
I mean, there's no other way to put it that Jesus is making a joke. The imagery alone is exaggerated and wild. Yes, he is making a point about self-reflection. But Jesus is using humor to communicate that point. And even in this section, the humor doesn't end. I've often said that the most dangerous thing for somebody on the pulpit is that first laugh. If you get that first laugh, you're like, all right, I'm feeling it. Here we go. And I kind of think that might have been what's happening in this story if Jesus is telling all of these examples one after another. Let's go to the next passage. Because Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Again, we often read these examples with the stoic imagery of Jesus. A serious face. Never laughing, never having fun. But I want you to read it again and think about Jesus having a sense of humor. Jesus being filled with joy and laughing. This is another example of Jesus being funny, being silly. None of us in here, if our child came to us and said, I'm hungry, give me some bread, would say, here's your stone. Here's your rock. It's a ridiculous thing to say. It's mean, and we wouldn't do it. And so Jesus is, again, being funny. But he continues, or if he asks you for a fish, will you give him a serpent? No. None of us would ever turn to our child who is hungry and say, here's a snake, here's a stone. Have at it. Again, Jesus is being funny. But if his words aren't enough, I think there's more evidence that Jesus was filled with joy and made people happy. Kids like Jesus. Kids wanted to be around Jesus. I found this image a long time ago, and I've loved it, and I keep coming back to it for a lot of different reasons. But one of the main reasons why I love it is the image of Jesus smiling. It reminds me that Jesus was happy, that Jesus probably laughed, and sometimes we forget that. Do you remember the story from Matthew chapter 10? When these little, let's go to that passage, Rob, I've got it. Maybe. Yeah, 19. Sorry, Rob, you're on top of things. In Matthew chapter 19, then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked them, disqualifying themselves as youth ministers forever. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and they went away and went away. I want you to see this for just a moment. Kids wanted to be around Jesus. In this moment, the disciples, they, they dismissed these kids for a few different reasons. To add the societal kind of layer to these stories, kids were not appreciated or acknowledged hardly at all in the society. And so there's a cultural thing there that the disciples are leaning into of, this isn't a place for you children. You don't belong here. Get away from the Messiah. But the larger point in the story is that the kids wanted to be around Jesus. Friends, kids don't like grumpy people. They like people who are warm and fun, and kids wanted to be around Jesus. It tells us a lot about his personality, how he interacted with people. Yes, Jesus was serious. Yes, at times he was stoic. But Jesus also laughed. He was also happy and filled with joy. 
The writer of Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 1, 9 that wrote about Jesus, you've loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has appointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Guys, Jesus was happy. He told jokes. He laughed. And the Bible is filled with words that Alexis read earlier about joy and blessings, happiness, and peace. And happiness, in my opinion, is a natural result of knowing God and experiencing God's love. Over the last few weeks, we've been discussing what it looks like to try to live like Jesus. And each week, I try to give a little nudge to, to do something. I heard great reviews over my sermon that encourage you guys to nap. That was a crowd favorite, apparently. You're like, I've got permission, I'm doing it. And then the week after that, I encouraged you to remove yourself a little bit, to turn off the distractions of life. It's hard. And you've got emails and notifications com- coming in, different things distracting you to just remove yourself a little bit. And for this week, I want to encourage you to do one of two things. The first one is that original question that I asked about who makes you laugh. I would love it if you could connect with that person this week. That person that fills your soul because they are funny and you, you love being around them. Try to, if you can, spend time with that person. Even if it's a phone call or a text exchange, let them know. I promise you the people in your life who, especially if they think they are funny, will love a text that says, hey, I was thinking about you and how funny you are. I, trust me, if you send that text to JJ, he's going to love it. But if you can't do that, what I would encourage you to do this week is to watch something funny. Now, as part of the work that I've tried to do in working on my preaching skills, I was encouraged to start watching comedians as personal homework. And I know it's, I live a rough life. But part of the reason that, that the, my preaching coach encouraged me to watch some comedians was because of speed and delivery and cadence, kind of those things that you can see in well-trained comedians, professionals. And throughout this, I've stumbled upon a comedian that I really, really like, and I think that you will as well, whose name is Nate Bargatsky. Nate Bargatsky is a comedian based in Nashville, Tennessee. He has a podcast and regularly tours the country. And I believe around Christmas last year, he was actually in Little Rock. And in his most recent comedy special uh, that can be found on Amazon Prime, shout out, Nate talks about what it's like getting older. And let's watch that clip together. We've got it queued up. I miss being young. Your 20s are great. You're down for whatever. Your friends call you. They're like, do you want to go? You're like, I'll go. You don't even know where you're going. <laughs> you're like, I'll move, dude. I'm, I'll set my apartment on fire. What do you want to do? <laughs> Your 30s come, and you're like, where are we going? <laughs> How late are they open? Is it loud? I am going to drive separate. <laughs> That's a cool clip. Uh, how many of us have felt that way? You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going. But as I attempt to put a bow on this sermon, why show a clip from a comedian that talks about getting older? Well, for starters, this is Senior Sunday, an acknowledgement that two of our students are in fact getting older and graduating from high school in the coming weeks. With graduation comes new life challenges and hurdles, and it's easy to only focus on those elements of life and forget to slow down and enjoy what God has created. And because before you know it, you'll be 40 and mad that someone invited you to go out in the first place. And that's his joke, not mine. 
But it's when life gets hard, when it gets challenging, that we, that is when we need to be reminded of passages like Proverbs 17. That a joyful heart is good medicine. And that our Messiah had and has a spirit of joy that was filled with laughter and happiness. And let's be honest, it's not just the graduating students that need a good laugh from time to time. It's the rest of us as well. Let's stand and sing together.